In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fifty days after Jesus rose from the dead, and ten days after he ascended to heaven, the small community of his followers were huddled together in a little house in Jerusalem. They were now ten days into wondering just what Jesus meant when he said that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon them. They were still afraid. And they were still wondering what they were supposed to do for the Lord. They were still wondering how whatever it was that was supposed to come would affect their lives and their careers and their relationships. They were in prayer and they were confused and they were waiting. But then, suddenly, without warning, the sound of a mighty rushing wind came and filled every corner of the house that they were in, and something that looked like tongues of fire landed on each one of them and burned not their heads, but their hearts. They began to speak uh, in languages that they didn't know, such that uh, people from all over the world who were in Jerusalem on pilgrimage could understand what they were saying in their own native languages. And those pilgrims, given what they saw, asked a very sensible question. What does this mean? What does this mean? What does Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit mean? For those of us who are Christians, uh, it is more than sensible for us to ask that very same question. It is vital That we ask it because the answer matters. For everyone who's a believer in Jesus Christ, the answer matters. Every minute of every day. Uh, Today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Even if you never see a tongue of fire coming down from above. It matters. But what does it mean? And where will we go to find the answer to such An important question. Well, on the night before he was crucified, Jesus gave the disciples the answer. And it's recorded in our passage from the Gospel of John. In fact, uh, it was surely these words of Jesus that rang in Peter's ears as he preached that marvelous uh, Pentecost sermon and the power of the Spirit in which 3,000 people came to faith uh, in Christ. It was after the Last Supper. It was after he had washed his disciples' feet. It was before they went out to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus was talking to his disciples about his going away. And Jesus acknowledged their grief over his departure. But then he said, in verse 7, he said, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Counselor, that's the Holy Spirit, the Counselor uh, will not come to you. But if I go, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convince the world concerning sin 
and righteousness and judgment. Jesus said it, it, it was better for them. It was to their advantage that the Holy Spirit was with them rather than Jesus himself. Now the disciples, given their grief, had to take Jesus at his word. I don't think there's any way uh, that they could have predicted what was going to happen. But here's what Jesus meant. See, on that, on that Pentecost, that first Pentecost, huddled together in that little house was everyone in the world who wanted to follow Jesus. Eleven disciples, a handful of others, two, three dozen people at the most. The resurrected Jesus could have stayed and had a relationship with each one of them. And they could have stayed together in their little clique and had sweet fellowship with Jesus. Except when they had to go away on a business or they had to go to the lake for a holiday weekend. The incarnate Christ, even the risen incarnate Christ, could only be in one place at a time. His ministry was dependent upon his location. But Jesus didn't come to live and die and rise again for the redemption of a couple dozen people. He came for the whole world, literally for billions of people on every continent across thousands of years, including you and me today. When Jesus said that it was to their advantage that he was going away, he meant that the Holy Spirit could then come and speak his message, and not just to his local disciples, but to the world. By going away, Jesus could send his Holy Spirit to do his work, to continue his ministry according to his will, to continue his teaching to lead his people, to offer his strength to console with his comfort, uh, to provide his counsel, to direct right understanding of his scriptures, and to draw people to himself. But here's the difference. The Holy Spirit, uh, through the Holy Spirit, the ministry of Jesus continues very personally, but now with anyone, anytime, anywhere. In the same way that it doesn't do you any good to have a great big HDTV unless there is a power source that you can plug it into. For you and I to procure the saving uh, power of the cross and the resurrection, we have to be plugged into the power source. We have to have access to the crucified and risen Christ, not just to the memory of Him. Not just to the, to the concept of Him or even to the teaching of Him, but we have to have access to Him. And Jesus knew this. He said this repeatedly. He said, abide in me and I will abide with you. He said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He said, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And so how do we plug into Jesus for the benefit and the efficacy of the cross and the resurrection? It is by His Holy Spirit. And if you're a Christian, He is with you. He is in you. Uh, Yesterday, my daughter said, Dad, wouldn't it be uh, cool if God had a phone number? 
I said, you know what? He does. And you're never out of range. It's the Holy Spirit. There's nowhere that you can go that you can't call on His name. There's nowhere that you can go that you're out of His sight or where He cannot hear your prayer. After uh, Peter's great Pentecost sermon, it comes right after our uh, passage that we read this morning. The Scripture says that His listeners were cut to the heart. And they asked, uh, they said, now what do we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You and your children and everyone whom the Lord God calls to Himself, the gift of the Holy Spirit is the gift of our gracious God to all who believe. And if the Lord God has called you to Himself, For the forgiveness of your sins. Then that itself is evidence that you have the Holy Spirit. He is the presence of God. He is God. He is with you and He is in you. And He is available to you for the glory of God. That's why Jesus had to go away. That's why it was to our advantage that He go away. And that's the answer to the rushing wind and the speaking uh, in tongues. That day in Jerusalem, God is with you and he is in you. and He is using you uh, for his glory, both in your life and in the world around you. It was a, a few years ago, same daughter, uh, Caroline, she went in uh, for her three year old checkup. And the doctor put the stethoscope up to her chest and said, oh, Caroline, I can hear your heart. Jesus, uh, Caroline said, Do you hear Jesus? You know, it doesn't quite work that way. Uh, But if you're a Christian, He is in there. He is always with you to lead you and to guide you. He's with you in your corner office. But He's also with you if you're in rehab. He is uh, with you when you're on vacation. He is with you when you're in crisis. For better, for worse. For richer, for poor. In sickness and in health. If you are a Christian saved by grace, then Jesus Christ is with you and He is in you as the Holy Spirit. Because it is the Holy Spirit who continues actively the ministry of Jesus today. Now, if you are not a Christian, but somehow you find yourself here this morning or you're listening on the radio uh, you find yourself with an earshot of this sermon, and you feel a tug on your heart, then that's the Holy Spirit too. That's the Holy Spirit actively continuing the ministry of Jesus Christ, calling sinners graciously to Himself. And say yes. And we preach uh, the forgiveness of sins by the cross here in this pulpit week after week, and rightly so. But do you know that that is not the point? And the forgiveness of our sins is exhilarating, it is liberating, and, uh, but it is not the end. It's the means to the end. The, it's the means uh, to, to life in Christ. That's the point. Life in Christ, with Christ, by the love of Christ, through the cross of Christ, to the glory of Christ. He's the point. Life with Him. 
And how is that ours, friends? It is by the Holy Spirit. Given to you and to me as His gracious gift. That's what Pentecost means. Amen.